Good morning, guys. Um, we have Sleepy Spice here who has her hand raised, so we'll go ahead and get started. Okay, Sleepy Spice, hang in there. Let me get you. Uh-oh, what am I doing? Here we go, Sleepy Spice. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? I sure can. Okay, sorry about that. I was like making some ineffective clicks. That's okay. Hey, um, uh, it's been a rough week back at work after everything that's been um, going on. Mm -hmm. Um. And I know you and I have obviously like texted and emailed um, a little bit, but um, just to give people some background. So I've been at a disastrous job for the last year and a half, lots of uh, financial problems, um, been hard to build volume here, um, just work like a dog, but I need to stay um, so I can take my boards and then um, about two weeks ago, I unexpectedly lost my mom. Um, and upon my return, um, my group has been giving me a hard time about taking time off. Um, they're asking for a copy of my contract because they don't have a signed copy of my contract. I don't know, you know, how they don't have an important legal document like that, but they're trying, they held my paycheck, um, when I was out, they're trying to quote me, um, PTO, but for the last 14 months, they owe me thousands and thousands of dollars in like held paychecks and reimbursements. Um, so they've clearly never honored, clearly they've disregarded the contract for the past 14 months. And it's very, um, upsetting to me that in a time of tragedy, they think, they want to try to enforce the contract now. Um, I mean, I have the PTO if they wanted to go and look at it, but you know, when you're, when you're a physician, particularly a surgeon, I mean, the patients don't go away. They just get pushed right. to another time. So um, this week I was just working a lot to get all the patients in that I haven't seen for the last few weeks operating on whoever needed surgery. Um, and after talking to, the senior partner, he's still refusing to pay me, um, still not giving me an answer on how do we account for all the nights and weekends I work, um, 42 days in a row, 30 days in a row with no day off. Um, and my mom was always my main support. Um, and I call her like anytime when there was any BS going on in life, but especially with this job, because things have been so rough. Mm -hmm. So I just don't know like how I'm going to handle all this, you know, with yeah. her gone as my main support. Um, and I do need to stay here for, you know, some time longer. Um, and I just don't know, like how to feel empowered at all during this time. Yeah. So first of all, I am really, really sorry. Um, Thank you. I, I know how close your mom you and your mom have been, and um, I'm really, really sorry. And so that's one whole piece. And 
there's grief that your body will want to experience and needs to experience. I imagine I'm not a grief expert, but I mean, that's a natural process. And it sounds like this other stuff in your life, it's all kind of tangled up right now. And um, it's, it's making a shitty situation even shittier. Um, so probably for the purposes of this group, it would be good to focus on the work stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we can dial in to like the specific language of the conversation you had with the senior partner. And I do think that that would be useful um, yeah. because other people experience stuff like this too. And the ultimate recommendation I'm going to make, which if you haven't already done is to get an attorney, because yeah. this is from what I understand, like so far beyond legal um, and it's now it's like moving into the phase of damage control for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also with the board, is there an advocate at the board that you're aware of? If not, I can ask around and find that because while I know that your constitution is such that you can stick out some pretty bad shit, um, at the end of the day, the boards are, um, the boards are the boards and some other people might not understand that that you get so many chances to take the boards. And then after that, you, you don't, and I'm not actually sure what happens after that. Do you know? Yeah. You have to retake part one. Oh, okay. So I was thinking there was like some kind of amount of time you have to go and all this. It's like an annoying, annoying thing. Obviously retaking part one would be a pain in the ass, but um, not impossible. Um, yes, I will die if I take part one again. I spent my entire chief year studying. I did quite well. And actually the director of the boards looks at my part one score and he's like, oh, you did well. You could take it again. I was like, no, I don't ever want to take that test again. Who said that? No interest in all those subspecialties that I don't do anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, I think what's really, aside from your mom and, and her death, what's really difficult for us for you and for us is when there's a fundamental unfairness and this is what we face like a lot so there's a fundamental unfairness that you're experiencing right now with this job just being a complete circus and feeling like you're at the mercy of these people who obviously don't know how to run a business so anyway with that kind of context set let's talk a little bit about a few business items. Have you gotten a lawyer? No. So I know, um, I got recommendation from you and from, um, um, you know, the head of our <clears throat> Facebook group. Um, mm-hmm. and I asked her if he has seen situations where, um, people get a lawyer, but get to keep the job. And she says, yes, but they're usually not in the job for very long because obviously mm-hmm. it creates a lot of enemies. And I'm like, I think the whole group is an enemy. Um, so actually before when my mom died, I only told my PA and the senior partner. Um, and I said, you know, let's just keep it between us for now. Everyone knew I was out for an emergency, but um, just the actual details mm-hmm. between us. So when I came back and got this like obnoxious text message and, you know, I sent an email in response the junior partner and the practice manager have not said 
one word to me, not an email. They've ignored me in the office. Um, Hey, so sorry for your loss. So I was like, I already feel like I have enemies. Um, But obviously, because I need to stay for a certain period of time. I mean, I think the consultation with the lawyers are free. So I do want to talk to them. I was just operating late trying to get all the patients in this week. Um, But that's my concern is if I get a lawyer and they're aware I have a lawyer, will they then try to terminate me when I'm in the middle of boards collection? So that's kind of held me back a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Could they be trying to do that anyway? No. So, well, okay. It's hard to say, right? Because everyone in this group is a liar and a very smooth talker. And I saw the red flags. Um, Cause I actually had the contract from them twice. They tried to get me for three years before mm-hmm. I finally came. Mm-hmm. Um, Clearly, I've been duped by what seems to be good nature um, because the senior partner, he seems very uh, he's very non-confrontational. He seems like he's going to help you in anything you want in life, but he's actually a snake. <laughs> um, but he said to me yesterday, we try I tried three times to sign you. I want you here. Um, and they're looking at like a well, so they had they've been evaluated for the last like six or seven months about um, a P.E. buyout. And joining a bigger group, but um, my group actually filed for bankruptcy when I was away. So the PE group has rescinded their offer. And he said that um, in addition to wanting like the building and our surgery center and our resources, they want the doctors. So he does not want me to leave. Um, So all I can go is on his word, but I don't believe his word. Okay. Is there anybody there who, who can give you good information? Um, yes and no. So, um, there's in the group, there's two partners and there's two of us that are employed. And so, um, actually when this was all going on before I came back to work, I called the other employed physician because Mm -hmm. six months ago, his dad died unexpectedly. So I called him to see if they gave him a hard time and he said, no, um, And so he updated me on some of the stuff. He's the one who told me they had filed for bankruptcy because I hadn't checked my emails. Um, The problem is, is that if you talk to the practice manager, who is also a snake, I mean, he came in a year ago and just changed the whole vibe of the practice in like a bad way. Mm -hmm. Um, He says one thing, but then the owner and senior partner will say another thing. So I never know what the actual truth is. Like one says that, hey, we got a really great offer. The other one says we got an unacceptable offer. So I don't know. Okay. And then the junior partner, he's just a dickhead, but he's also um, not very financially inclined. He doesn't understand anything that's going on. If you give him a financial report, he does not know how to read it. Okay. So, um, okay. I'm kind of getting a little bit off here. So what the real problem is, is you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. And you have to stay until what date? Um, September 2024. And for the record, when I was out, um, I did some virtual visits, like in between giving my mom dos- doses of morphine. And while she was like actively dying, I did these virtual visits to try to like convince the patients to wait for me to come back to do surgery and they all agreed to wait for me Mm -hmm. um so I said listen I did do some work um as the plane was taken off for my mom's native country 
I was um, dictating office notes so they could have stuff to bill when I was away. So I was like, you're not paying me, but I actually did some work when I was away. Yeah. Um, again, this this seems like a legal issue. Okay. Now, are you 100% sure you have to stay until September? Yes. Um, I did talk to the boards. I talked to the director of the boards. He and I have met two Aprils in a row now, and I would love for him and I just stopped meeting. Um, you did ask if I had an advocate. I had two advocates who tried to advocate for me with no luck, um, including one who is high up um, within the board, um, no luck. Um, so because uh, because I had my first job, which then like obviously went away during COVID, and then because my group did not um, submit my credentialing paperwork in time lapse for me to take the board's previously um mm-hmm. i've lost eligibility um a couple years of eligibility and so i need to know that i passed because heaven forbid i didn't pass i have one more year to take them but they just um you just go right back into collections so i basically have to stay in the job until i get that letter saying i passed and what's the rule about staying in the job or the city so you know it's interesting um because I think other people in the group have asked about this. So when mm-hmm. I lost my job during COVID, I called the board because I was in boards collection then. I mm-hmm. called the board and said, if I stay in town, does that count? They told me, no, you need to stay in your practice. It doesn't matter if you stay in the same city and get your patients back. You're to be in the same practice. Mm-hmm. But then um, I don't know if it was like my thread or somebody else's thread on that group. Other people responded that when that happened to them, the board said it was okay if they stayed in their city. So it doesn't seem like there's an objective rule. It seems like the board is just making subjective decisions on if you can stay. Well, that Um, would be an important point to clarify because there is another group in your city, which I imagine you could join. Yeah, there's um, a hospital. I actually had an offer last year from um, another group in town because I, I actually started looking for a new job within two months of starting this job because things didn't seem right. Um, but I didn't take it because it was like an hour away and general call and this and that. Um, and they reach out to me every few months to see what I'm doing. Um, so I have an option, but um, I did ask the director when we met, I said, listen, my group's high chance of declaring bankruptcy. What do I do? And he says, if you collected all your cases and then your group just goes bankrupt, that's not your fault. But he has to present that. And I stay in town. He said he has to present that to the credentialing committee and they may or may not accept it. Um, he says you have to, and that's kind of the problem is any potential scenario I was asking him, he was saying, well, we'd have to bring that to the credentialing committee and they decide there's like no hard and fast rule. The credentialing committee of the boards or your hospital? Yes. Oh, no of the boards. Like, yeah. So the director actually does not make the decisions. It's the credentialing committee. He's the link between the surgeons and the credentialing committee. Okay. So this is good news though, because what this is showing us is that all hope is not lost. And it's not like it's a hard no if you're if your group goes bankrupt and it's out of your control and you're like, okay, what now? And you're doing your best. The the likelihood is, is that these people aren't a board of assholes who are going to be like, oh, well, we're going to punish her because her 
her people went bankrupt, the likelihood is, is that they'll probably be very thoughtful about it and possibly allow you to move forward, but it's just not a given. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, cause actually I talked to them. The reason I talked to them is cause I, you know, I found out my mom had metastatic pancreatic cancer, not a long time to live. So I asked them if we could do something else for me not to be in collections. Um, I didn't know that she was going to pass in less than six weeks. I thought we had more time. Yeah. Um, but when I told him that he told me, well, that'll always be there. And I was like, you are a doctor too. All of us know that this diagnosis is a death sentence. So what do you mean? It's al- it's always going to be there. So I don't know. So um, have you talked to him but, since the, since her death? No, I have to email them because they have to backdate my collections since I was out. Okay. Um, so let's start creating a strategy for you. Okay. What's the ultimate goal here? The ultimate outcome you want is to be out of this group and to be board certified. Yeah. Is that fair? Yes. What else would you want? Like if we're really getting crafty with your ideal outcome, I'm going to call this the IO, the ideal outcome. Out of group, board certified, killing it in another group. Because I know, I think I know you, and I think like you thrive when you're killing it. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. I love that. I love that. Like, that's never been anything you've you've wavered on. No. Ever since the beginning, killing it at another group. Now, is the city that you live in okay? Or do you want to kill it at another group in another place? So I don't know. Um, Obviously, I've talked a little bit about my struggles on here. Like, since I've moved about a year and a half ago, trials and tribulations of dating. I've talked about that toxic doctor friend group where recently I discovered I haven't even been kicked out of the into the outer circle. I've just like somehow been completely excluded from the group for reasons I have no idea. I mean, as far as I know, nothing happened. I don't know why I went from like the shiny new object to the person they have no interest in anymore. Um, so it's hard to say, like on one hand, I don't know that I see myself living here long term, mm-hmm. but I also don't know where else to go. So for now, I think I would just stay. Okay. Okay. So now let's think about what action needs to t- be taken in order to make these things happen. So I'm going to give you lots of space for action. So action is we've got a Circle back with the director. Of boards. Um, We need to clarify. With boards. Like options for bankruptcy. Okay, we need to get a lawyer. At minimum, it's so you know how to protect yourself. Like, say you get a lawyer and nobody nobody even has to know you did that. Mm-hmm. But you get it for your own sake in order to know what your rights are and then how to present yourself every day that you're there. Kind of like when people are creating 
an exit strategy for something and they're trying to make sure everything is documented properly and everything's on the up and up so that their behavior cannot be blamed at all for the eventual departure. And then you can strike if you want to. Um, so like, it could be a situation where you have this attorney just, just to help you strategize, not even to do anything. Does that make sense? It does. Um, I didn't think of a lawyer in those terms. I think that's good. Um, and I will say for the record, I've been documenting for, um, definitely over the last year and then like intermittently beyond that so every time they deny me use of the surgery center I write it down um he and I have had meetings with like emails afterwards summarizing and actually the um the other non-partner told me not to get into a back and forth in email with them but I sent but I I sent um two emails because I needed a paper trail of them not paying me so yeah The other thing that might be helpful for the board is if you already have something lined up in your city where you're like, you know what, this group, these are the things that have happened with my current group. I am doing everything I can to take care of my patients and keep stay in this city um, and be compliant with all the board recommendations. This possibility is lined up for me to stay in the city. And I think for the sake of my patients, I need to make this move just so he has like some kind of like not a what if scenario, like, well, what if she just stays in the same group? And then they're like, well, how how do you even know, or excuse me, stays in the same city. And then if the board's like, well, how do they even know, how does she even know a job's available in the same city? Um, So I don't know. I'm just, this is just ideas on things to do in order to create this ideal outcome. So one of the things I'm going to suggest is um, in a, non-risky way inquire about a potential employment with a different group in the city. Yeah. I mean, I could send a text message actually. So the hospital that keeps reaching out to me, it's actually one of the surgeons who wants me there. He said he doesn't know what's going on um, with the overall hiring plan. Um, And he, uh, he keeps asking me if I've talked to their chair um, but it's a situation where I turned them down once because, again, the job's not there's not going to be a perfect job. Um, that job is certainly not ideal, which is part of the reason I turned them down in the first place. But mm-hmm. I have not gone back to the chair because if I fe- I feel if I turn them down again, like that's it, you know, that'll like never be op- available to me again. So I'm kind of being intentional. So they reach out to me, but I'm mm-hmm. being intentional on when I am reaching out to them. I think, I mean, at least some degree of certainty on the part of the director when he communicates with the board that you're actually going to have a job in the same city might be useful. Or if the director is somebody who doesn't seem like a complete moron, you could be just kind of feel him out and say, you know, there is this other group that has kind of been courting me a little bit. Would it be helpful for the board to know that? Um, you know, I, I think there's a way to communicate with him in a in a manner that supports your mission. Yeah, um, that's good. I'm writing that down. Because I know um, when I sent, because I sent him proof of like non-payment and proof of stuff going on with the group. And he told me the board does not get involved with like 
group matters. So he's like, if you make a decision to leave, this is the eligibility you have left. And if you leave after such and such time, there's no guarantee that the credentialing committee will approve you to either extend your eligibility or use your cases. He's like, we can try, but I don't have any, um, he's like, I don't have anything definitive to give to you. Yeah. Um, I know it's uncomfortable having this sort of like unknown with the boards, but I do think this is going to be your ticket out because I don't know how you can stay at this place until September 24, 24. I mean, the last, like, oh, I've been here for 18 months. Yes. Okay. I thought I'd been here for less than that. Um, so like the last 20 months have been like absolute torture. Like every day, every week has been, well, you know what I'll say the last year, cause that's when we switched practice managers. I felt like our old practice manager really, really cared and really tried. It was just out of her control. Um, so I'd say the last year in particular has been really terrible. Cause I feel like there's always something right. Like I'll come on coaching or I'll like do my own stuff and I'll come up with a plan. And then literally two days later, it'll be another shit show. Um, And it's actually becoming problematic for patient care. So this other employed physician, he does these tests in the office Mm -hmm. that I need for a lot of my patients. I did not realize that the group, um, so the coffee machine got repoed um, two days ago. I, I didn't know that you could repo a coffee maker. Um, but apparently we haven't been paying the coffee maker bill. Um, and his equipment for his studies, they haven't been able to order the supplies because our accounts are on hold with like every single major supplier. Um, they're literally ordering surgical gowns off of Amazon. I didn't know this, um, which yeah. means that I have patients that have been waiting for like two, three months to get this test with him. Um, and I just feel like there's times where I can't take good care of the patients in a timely fashion. Um, that's that's important to communicate to the director too. Um, that does support your mission. If you're their doctor and you're there, you know, this is you advocating for you to be able to sit for your boards and you're in a situation in which your patients are not getting optimal care and maybe at risk. And for the sake of your patients, it's like, how can I stay here? Like how, like that has to be communicated to the board too, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, it would have been one thing if they had told me like, Hey, we don't have supplies for these tests. I can always send them to another physician in town who does it. But it's like, I just found this out after a month of wondering like, Hey, where are those patients? Well, if a coffee machine's getting repo, well, what else is going to be collapsing? So you don't have equipment to take care of your patients. It's more than just having a machine to do a test, but are you going to have bandage supplies? Are you going to have uh casting material? Sorry. I just exposed like the potential um, subspecialty here. Are you going to have, um, are you going to have like a blood pressure machine to take their vitals? (laughs) Well, um, take care of the patients. Well, so um, obviously, so they didn't pay me, but they've been delaying payment for like the hourly workers and the other salaried workers. So with the hourly workers, you know, a lot of them live paycheck to paycheck check uh their checks have bounced they've gotten like overdraft fees so a bunch of them quit including well one of them just didn't like show up i think he came back later um to do x-rays and so my pa said that they like couldn't do x-rays one day and i was like how are you okay so how are we like taking care of anybody like that exactly 
that's what I'm talking about. Like this sounds like a um, there's a more urgent concern here, which is patient care. That's all any of us ever really have at kind of the tip of our spear as surgeons for like a mission of so of a surgeon's mission is to deliver optimal patient care that's safe and effective. And this sounds like a bigger problem than just the boards, but the board probably would be um, my guess. I could be wrong, but my guess would be that the board would be, um, would be, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, understanding. This can't be the um, first time this has ever happened too. Well, you know, cause again, I talked to him last year as well. Um, uh, my issue with the director and the credentialing committee is they are all academic, mm-hmm. um, and they're at very, very stable institutions. And someone who's only ever been academic has like no idea the trials and tribulations of private practice. And I brought this up to him. I said, you know, my group is not the only group that this has happened to. Like COVID has decimated. We're the last small private group in, ta- in, in a very big competitive city. I said, yeah. COVID's decimated all these little groups. Like, you know, it's very different from where you work, but I, they just don't, they don't really seem to understand that. But I can't imagine that they haven't seen it, particularly since we're now like in our fourth year status post COVID decimation. Yeah. Like there have been four classes of people who yeah. have, there, this is only one thing. Like I, there's another person actually on this call right now who brought up a really important point about COVID. Um, I know you can't see each other, but like just the complete, deficiency in people's education. Yes. And there are so many different levels with which COVID has impacted people in their career, whether it's boards, their education, getting a job, keeping a job. Um, Anyway, so I'm sorry, I keep getting distracted a little bit, but um, I want to keep going with like getting a strategy for you, because one of the things you asked about was how to be, how to have I think agency or something like that. Yeah. So empowered. the whole idea of this is for you to, you, you're vulnerable right now to being kind of wrapped up in a vortex of emotion because you've been through a major life event and this is a super stressful situation um, without that major life event. And so all of that combined together, I think would be the time of somebody's life where they could completely fall apart, which is optional, right? Like you could do that. You could be like, fuck this. I'm done. And you'd be like, I'm just going to take my boards. I'm just going to start over with step one and start over somewhere else. And they can, everybody can go fuck themselves. So you could say that, but that's not what you want. And you made that abundantly clear in the beginning. So if that's not what you want, then let's keep working on a strategy for you to focus on. Because if we continue to focus on an ideal outcome, then your emotions will be able to take care of themselves as you go. Now, this is, of course, not um, accounting for grief. I I just am sensitive about that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what else would you need to do? Get out of your group, become board certified, kill it at another group. Well, make sure all your documentation's on point, which I'm sure is already the case. So that if you do, I should say, when you move to this new group, you've got all of your documentation from the EMR available. 
is there a way to protect that stuff now? Um, so what I've been doing, um, and again, I've gotten a little bit behind because obviously I'm out of town. I just work like a dog is that, um, I have my PA and somebody at the front desk, like scan in op notes and like H and P's and stuff into mm-hmm. my, um, like into our drive. Mm-hmm. And then I will, I need to like take that off the drive for myself. Yes. So at least have something, um, transfer to new drive do that immediately because who the hell knows if they're going to repo your computers um i actually oh so by the way the office ran out of toilet paper for um person for like the staff and the patients like we don't need toilet paper i mean i do have in my contract that they need to allow me access to all documentation for my boards but obviously they haven't they don't have my contract and they haven't been following it yeah so we can that's Again, reason for the lawyer. Okay. Um, what else do we need to do to get you out of the group, board certified, killing it at another group? Um, um you know, what is your your thought on this? Just because I know you've um, worked at a few places. So they don't have my contract. I'm not lying, right? About all the money they owe me. I know yeah. exactly what I negotiated. Um, yeah. And I know what my contract says. I wouldn't I wouldn't ask for something that, um, you know, I didn't negotiate, but yeah, you know, this whole, so the practice manager has been holding all my reimbursements and stuff for the last year mm-hmm. saying he doesn't have my contract. Um, quite frankly, the reason I haven't given them my contract is for the second year, if I don't make like a minimum, they decrease the salary, mm-hmm. but they had such an issue with billing. Like they fired our old billing manager mm-hmm. that I don't even think they have accurate one year reports. Um, I had a report from like January, but there's a bunch of stuff missing. And I've been asking our new billing manager over and over for the last few months to send me the one year report again. And mm-hmm. I haven't received it. So it's sort of on my end, not giving it to them. But at mm-hmm. the same time, the amount of money they've, like not given me in reimbursements and paychecks and stuff, it essentially amounts to like the second year pay decrease. If that makes sense. Like I, you know, it's like, I know I've brought in more than what they've indicated based on how much I work and the fact that I'm super on top of like my own billing and coding. Mm-hmm. So, cause even after the conversation yesterday, cause usually with the senior partner, because he's non-confrontational, I can go to him and convince him to give me some money. Mm-hmm. But even after an hour conversation of why are you taking advantage of my mom's death? He's like, well, I need your contract. Um, yeah. Um, what's well, the question where, then? So, I mean, you, I guess the question is like, cause I haven't, you know, cause my, 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 my end, it's not my responsibility to hold your paperwork. Like, why don't you have my contract? Um, so then I kind of don't want to give it to them because I feel like they're playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I heard from our second office office manager that they truly cannot find my contract. Like they're not playing a game with that. Um, yeah, is that I, mean, I don't want them to withhold all this money and then also say, by the way, like we're not going to pay you for the second year when they actually owe me a salary increase. They just don't have the correct numbers. Yeah. I mean, I think some of this might be a little bit out of your control because they're they're falling apart at the seams. I wouldn't doubt if they don't have your contract. It sounds like um, things are dire there. Yeah. 
And so I don't, I mean, the contract is the contract. So what does it matter if they have a copy that you gave them or not? And I think playing games, they're playing games with you, but I don't think it'll serve you to play games with them. I think one of, and people could weigh in on this too. This is a really juicy, spicy scenario for us to all learn from, but I don't think, I mean, I think it serves you to protect yourself and, uh, but I don't know that it would serve you to play games with them. Okay. Yeah. Cause like I said, I, I didn't know for the last you know, six months to a year, were they actually being serious about not having my contract or is yeah. this just like a play tactic to not pay me? But actually towards the end of the conversation, when I kind cause I kept telling the um, senior partner, I said, if you're, if you want to look at my contract for my PTO, you can, I mean, that's fine. Um, I, I know, I know I have the PTO if you want to dock me for it, mm-hmm. but then you also owe me all this other money. And it wasn't until after an hour of conversation that he understood the money that they owe me. He's like, wait, you've been paying for your own health insurance out of your pocket, $600 a month. I said, Mm -hmm. yes. And then it's like the light bulb clicked. I don't know that he like understood how much money they owe me. Um, And then he told me to send him a synopsis of everything that we talked about. And then also my contract. So I don't know. I mean, I would talk to a lawyer first and foremost, and I would get, and I would say all of this stuff to the lawyer And then I would get their advice. Hopefully it's a good lawyer. And then I would play clean. That's what I would do. I would welcome anybody else's um, input here, especially if you've been through something like this. And then because if if you engage in a way that is impeccable, then they can't really hurt you. Like they can hurt you by not paying you and they can hurt you by being buttholes and super disorganized and stupid, but they can't like hurt you, hurt you if you're impeccable. So I'll say be impeccable. Okay. You, and you are, I think, right? Yes. Especially I mean, I have gone, care. I have gone above and beyond what they ever expected me to do. Yeah. Considering the amount of roadblocks that are in place there. Yeah. So the other thing to consider, um, and this may be, may or may not be something to do, but like be impeccable, but also don't kill yourself over this. Like maybe slow down a little bit. (laughs) So this is the other challenge. And uh, thank you for reminding me is, so the group is quite low volume. Um, They really they really did not need someone in my subspecialty full time. It turns out the surgeon I replaced was actually doing a lot of general as mm-hmm. well. And they didn't really indicate that. Um, it's actually funny because this toxic friend group told me, we think you make close to a million dollars a year because of the amount you work. And I mm-hmm. laughed and I was like, I don't even make close to that. Like not even close. Cause it's like yeah. the hours, yeah. but it's not efficient. So the mm-hmm. trouble is for boards, you need minimum number of cases and I'm worried I'm not going to make the minimum. Um, the minimum's only like 30. Right. But there's a whole bunch of excluded cases. And in my subspecialty, a lot of those cases are excluded that I do are excluded. And I didn't know that until this year. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the thing. The group is so low volume that there's a risk of like, I, I think I should be okay because they're backdating me a little bit. Um mm-hmm. But there's a risk of not making enough, um, which is why I've been killing myself to get cases. Um, 
And my plan was, listen, well, maybe after I get the minimum, I can just back down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Back down after minimum. Yes, that's a plan. I mean, this week, um, I actually turned down because the, the one of the calls I take is voluntary. Um, I turned down a consult for a case that would not count towards my board. <clears throat> I gotcha. Okay. So I think this is a pretty good list of things to do. And then I think <clears throat> if you like embody this impeccable thing and do these actions to get this ideal outcome, then you, and you just have like a vector to focus on (laughs) will be helpful for the emotional part, right? So if you just have a list of things you can focus on with your vector. And so then we, in the model, we typically talk about like, well, how do you need to feel in order to do these things? But here's the funny thing. The truth is, is it doesn't matter. You can feel sad and still do these things. You can feel mad and still do these things. You can feel frustrated and still do these things. Or you can feel determined. Um, You can feel, there's this thing that my own coach said the other day that was so good. Because people talk a lot about feeling confident. I know confidence is not a problem for you. But um, oh, oh, it's a problem. I just fake it till I make it. <laughs> she says, my own coach just said the other day, you don't really have to feel confident to do anything. You just need to feel in service with your engaged brain. <clears throat> so feeling in service for us, it's to the patients and to the greater good with an engaged brain. And I love that because that describes more of like a conviction rather than confidence. And that's a really, really powerful place to operate from. Um, But the point here is, is that we do things all the time fueled by anger, fueled by frustration, fueled by um all kinds of negative emotions. So the experience of it might not be amazing, but we still get shit done. So I don't want to create the impression that you have to have some like positive, happy feeling. It just may not be realistic. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I don't want anybody to think that they have to like feel a certain way in order to do these things, because we all know we can be very, very calculated and productive from any emotion. We've done it a million times. It just, your emotion will kind of color how pleasant the experience of it is. Your experience of this right now sucks anyway. So you might as well have this vector that you're following and at least know that you're working relentlessly for this ideal outcome and then let the emotion take care of itself. I hope the I'm like making sense. I think that does make sense um, because obviously right now I feel many things. I don't even know what to feel sometimes because mm-hmm. um, with mom's death, I've been compartmentalizing like crazy where it's like, I won't allow myself to feel something. So I'm like, you're in the OR right now. You need to go to sleep right now. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's a very helpful explanation of, well, you know, you felt shitty before and gotten stuff done. Yeah. That's because you described what the ideal outcome is that you want. Now, if you were like, fuck it all, I'm just going to like take care of what I need to take care of right now. 
And if that was your ideal outcome, we would be having a completely different strategy. So I hope everybody realizes I don't, I don't have an agenda for you to do anything or get any outcome. It's what you want. All this ever really is, is trying to get a woman's desire to bubble up to the surface. What is it that you truly desire for your own life and relentlessly pursue that thing? Um, Okay, so then we can also talk about thoughts that will help sort of direct the ship here. So what are you currently thinking about this group? This is I fucking hate you you people. Yeah. Yeah. Or like what a bunch of assholes or like you know what it is? Again, I think it's that that other physician who said it perfectly. He's like, because he's obviously very pissed for me. Mm -hmm. Why are you taking advantage of me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so all of that is just gonna take up space in your brain and not it might be true, but it's not useful, right? Right. Right. So what would be more useful? What would create a path? Because our thoughts start out as descriptions and then they become prescriptions. So what would be something to think that would put you on this path of impeccable engagement with these clowns so that you come out on the other side smelling rosy? Um, so I'm a bit of a hothead. Um, which has gotten me in trouble before. Um, I mean, it's, it's taken a lot of energy to not slip, slip out on them. Um, but actually my dad said something, he said, hold your gunpowder. Like when he was driving me to the airport, um, to come back here, he's like, just hold your gunpowder. You know, you need to pass your boards. Like that's the ultimate goal. You know, whatever money you lose from here, you will make up at the next place. Like that hospital, they're offering, I mean, my offer was 60% higher than what I get paid here. Um, So he's like, you just need to, because the problem with living with passing boards is you do need it for like hospital credentialing. Um, And there's another group in town who won't talk to me until I've passed um, just Mm -hmm. for like their own stability. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So he's like, you know, if you just hold your gunpowder, keep your cool, um, then you can pass and you can be, and you'll make up the money. No problem. in like the next job. Yeah. So I love that. Hold your gunpowder. And that might be very accurate for you, but I would like to suggest something a little less volatile. Okay. Less volatile is less volatile is always good when it comes to me. (laughs) I'm thinking along the lines of like a queen's gambit thought, like this is a, this is a grand game of chess you're playing. And the strategies that you're kind of thinking about are for a longer game and keeping yourself kind of on a path of um, like I'm thinking of in terms of chess where you can see the moves that the two parties are making And you know, at the end, it's going to be a checkmate. And a checkmate, I think would like, I don't know if you play chess or not. I don't, but I watched the Queen's Gambit. And I think like having that checkmate at the end of it all that you say would be just like, fuck you guys in a less volatile way. (laughs) 
happen. Yes, so, so that's the thing, right? I would love if I could say checkmate, fuck you now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they somehow happen to get bought out, then it's not as impactful because they would have been bailed out. If I were to leave now, it would be like terrible for them. Um, it would be like perfect vengeance. <laughs> but yeah. um, once they get, I mean, if and when they get bought out, it doesn't matter as much. I don't think. I mean, I don't know if they write language in there where, like, if your doctors leave, you pay them back or something. But yeah, I think um, I'm thinking in terms of more of like not them being punished, but nece- but you basically coming out glowing despite the rubble that they're in. So, like, at the end, you're the one that's it's like survivor. It's like you're the one who's like standing at the end of this thing. Um, okay, I see. Yeah. Um, so what would be a good thought for that? Like something along the lines of, uh, I like something like, uh, something about like outwitting, outsmarting, it's kind of like that Hamilton line, like outwit out either you know you're outmanned outgunned outsmarted what is the hamilton line oh i don't know i've seen it but i don't know oh okay um well i'm gonna see if i can google it <laughs> i'm it's on the tip of my tongue it's like okay so it's like i'm in the game of my life Um, no that's not it oh wait okay hold on um yes it says we are outgunned outmanned outnumbered outplanned we got to make an all-out stand hey yo i'm gonna need a right hand man that one so that doesn't really fit then okay (laughs) um sadly there is no right hand man yeah uh Something along the line, there's, there's, there's nothing I won't do to win this game. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So to the rest of the group, we have a pretty good group on this morning. And I'm so grateful that you guys joined me at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning. And I'm, if there's anything else that people want to talk about this morning, then I'm willing to stay as long as it takes. Um, I'm assuming that's not the case since there are no other hands raised. And I really do think it's important that we've kind of like looked at this particular situation with precision, because this may seem like an extreme situation and maybe it is, but we find ourselves facing kind of like micro versions of this all over the place. And it gives us a framework with which to identify an ideal outcome, which is really just what you want. Like maybe what you want is more time, or maybe what you want is more money, or maybe what you want is a different or bigger impact, or maybe what you want is 
to do something else. Who knows? We all have these desires that have been kind of sort of smothered for generations. And as your desires bubble up, that tells you what you want and what an ideal outcome would be. And then what you do is you figure out, all right, what are the things I actually have to do and what are the skills I need to have in order to make that outcome a reality? And then you ask yourself, okay, how do I want to experience this whole thing? Do I want to experience it with frustration and anger? Do I want to experience it with determination? Am I just a human being? And sometimes it's going to be a little bit of both. And then you can also then look at your thoughts. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about how very often as Sleepy Spice suggested, she her brain offers her these descriptions of a situation where these guys are assholes and I hate them. And what was the other one, Sleepy Spice? Um, why are you taking advantage of me? Yeah, they're taking advantage of me, which all might be true. But when we have that language going on and on and on telling the story, what it does is, is it cements them as a villain and it cements you as a victim, which renders you powerless in the situation. So even if you just ask, okay, is this true? Well, yeah, maybe, but is it useful? No. And then you can say, well, what would be useful? What would be useful here is for me to understand what I'm fucking capable of. They are not going to know what hit them. I can play chess all day long. And at the end, it'll be a checkmate, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like all those thoughts are equally true, but so much more productive. And I think we all have an opportunity to do that when we're faced with these situations, realizing that we're just human beings. We can allow ourselves grace and forgiveness and this latitude to feel whatever it is we want to feel and know that that doesn't have to impact how we show up. And then the final thing to drill home is, is that our thoughts start out as descriptions and they become prescriptions. So whatever you're thinking is cementing things into reality. Okay. What questions do you have? Sleepy Spice or really anybody? Um, I think this was helpful because when I first came on, I said, I don't know how to feel um, empowered about this. Yeah. And now at least, because I think if I have like some mantra to repeat to myself, um, then, you know, it can at least get me through that when I want to be a hothead, you know, like the heart's racing and everything. Yeah. Um, repeating that mantra can help like kind of calm things down a little bit. Um, I don't know. Um, there's one thing I remembered. I don't know if this is relevant for this or if I should just let the lawyer know. Um, so they don't have my contract, but they've made a decision because they said, oh, well, you know, you're out of time or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but they didn't have the contract to which they made that decision. Um, so I feel like these decisions being made are very impactful without information yeah i'm not sure i understand exactly whole... what you just said oh, okay so they said um because you're out of pto oh your pto is oh. in the balance so we're not paying you and then um they said 
oh, I sent an email saying, okay, how did you calculate the negative PTO? Did you take into effect? I did virtual visits. And then they said, send us your contract. And I said, if you don't have my contract, how do you know I have negative PTO? Oh, okay. And then what? Um, They said that they have an unsigned copy of the contract. So basically on the global drive is like the general physician contract, but Mm -hmm. they don't signed specific contract which is different than what's on the global drive because i negotiated for more stuff oh i see okay so they're like unaware i mean it's not a huge surprise right this place is falling apart it's like a bomb went off or it's the titanic is literally about to be submerged yeah the crash happened the iceberg won people are jumping off the ship and people are fucking panicking. Uh, that's my guess. It's like <laughs> messy, messy. That's my guess. So, yeah, I mean, they may not. And this may be like such small potatoes to them when their entire business is falling apart. Who knows? I, I think it is. I know that the um, the senior partner, he says he hasn't taken a paycheck. Two, he's only done two paychecks in 10 months. And um, he's loaned a lot of money to the group. He's basically going to lose it all. But my thought is you're the one that made really shitty financial decisions. Like nobody else did. So, yeah. Um, but it may be true. And that's, you know, that's also a human tendency is to be like you like to blame and be you fuckers and stuff like that. But again, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, that kind of distracts you from your mission, which is we've identified what you want right? To be board certified out of this place and killing it another at another group. And it's like the human brain loves to make a villain. We love to blame. We love to make things. Um, we love a villain. Who doesn't? It makes a great story. And he probably is. Like he probably is an idiot who really screwed things up. But Again, that robs you of your own agency in the situation. So if you if you want to do that sort of stuff, like just recognize that it's totally normal and natural to do it and then coach yourself to be like, okay, but also we're going to stay on task. Yeah, um, definitely. I like this approach. Um, and then I also, um, I also think that's good that you said to talk to lawyer just to come up with a plan. Yeah. Um, because I'm certainly doing things. Maybe there's other stuff I should be doing that will help later. Yeah. Okay. Sleepy Spice. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for joining us and um, have a great Saturday. Okay. Bye.